Boom, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, round two for the day, and we're going to be talking about remote work, you know, hiring people that are outside of the country. If this interests you, then this episode's for you. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It could be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! All right, ladies and gents, on today's episode, we're diving into the exciting world of remote hiring and the role it plays in building a more diverse tech industry. We'll be talking about the challenges and opportunities that come with this shift and how we can all work towards creating a borderless world where tech talent is empowered to succeed. Our guest is an expert on this topic and has a wealth of experience helping professionals improve on their soft skills and achieve their goals of working abroad or remotely. Let's give a warm welcome to today uh, to the show today, Mr. Elijah Brodsky. <laughs> All right, my friend, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thanks so much, Arnon. This is awesome. All right, man. Told you we're going to have some fun. So let's jump into this thing. Uh, remote uh, remote work, first of all. Uh, I, I have, I've worked with different VAs. I've found that it's probably one of the most cost-effective ways to do it. How'd you get into the VA space? Well, we're actually more in the full-time uh, kind of software engineer hiring space. Um, it, that, that's really the, the focus of the business. Uh, but I got into it because I used to live in, in Brazil. I lived in Brazil for four years. Um, I went to school out in, uh, in New York and got three job offers, one in Brazil, one in China, and one in India. Uh, and the one that paid the best uh, was in Brazil. And I'd also been there before and, and really enjoyed my time. So went down there, uh, worked for a mining company for about two years, realized that I really like Brazil. And I don't really like mining. So I left that job and worked for a startup accelerator down in Rio de Janeiro uh, for, for about uh, a year. And got connected to a lot of startup, uh, you know, the startup scene, startup world, met a lot of engineers there who were always asking me for help to move to Canada, where, where I'm from. Um, and so when I got back back home in 2014, after four years in Brazil, I started an online course to teach developers English and help them with their soft skills, which then kind of morphed and evolved into a recruiting company. So now we have a talent pool of over 400,000 tech workers from all over the world, uh, and we're connecting them with employers uh, across North America and Europe and helping them either work remotely or actually immigrate and move to new countries. I heard the other day that every business, no matter what it is, is moving into the tech space. Uh, something as simple as a water fountain. Water fountains were built, uh, I think the first one was invented back in the Roman days. And now today I can go to the water fountain and it's going to tell me how many gallons of water it's pumped, how many uh, glass bottles it's saved, all kinds of cool stuff. You have a Wi-Fi connection to it, so it's generating data at all times. Like technology is just being embedded in almost every aspect of business. But to get somebody who is well-trained, who can develop, that's a skill in and of itself, much less trying to transcend that across different languages. Tell me about how you're getting people. You I mean, you mentioned you, you started off, you know, teaching them how, you know, the language part, but kind of rolling them into business. What was that like uh, when you started working with different people? I mean, you speak the same tech language doesn't mean you speak the same verbal language. 
Yeah, great question. So one of our values at Advanhack is that code has no accent. Um, so we find that like there's really you know transferable. If you can speak JavaScript in Japan, you can speak it in San Francisco, you can speak it in Berlin, etc. Um, and there's a lot of people out there in the world who are really good at speaking JavaScript or co uh, coding, but their English is you know it's not terrible, but it's not good enough. Um, so we find that it's easier to kind of take six months, maybe three to six months, to shine up the diamond, uh, as we call it, the diamond in the rough, like Aladdin. Um, give them the kind of makeover, turn them into a prince or princess, uh, and then put them in front of an employer. Um, it's much easier to do that than to take someone with no coding experience and then turn them into a senior software engineer because, uh, you know, that takes five years, 10 years, and a lot of people don't have that aptitude. So um, we just found that that's kind of a really nice hack to go and, and find and, and train people up and build out a talent pool. Um, and uh, that's how we really began as an online school to teach developers, you know, English soft skills. It was really just me and a bunch of people in a Zoom class. Uh, we had a really basic WordPress page back then and uh, kind of started from that and, and the email list. Uh, and then, you know, now grown to a much more sophisticated AI-driven tech platform. So what's it like when a developer, somebody wants to get in this space? I, I know it's really cool for, let's say, for example, in the Philippines, because that's where I usually see a lot of the VAs coming from, a lot of different remote work from, from just different places in the world. But uh, I'm just going to use Philippines, for example. Um, if somebody wants to become a developer, what is that process like? And how is your company helping them get to that level? Well, we don't really help people become developers. It's more people who already are software engineers and have had like, let's say five years experience or more or three years experience or more that kind of want to take the next step in their career and get hired abroad. Um, usually they're from kind of emerging markets. So like the Philippines, as you mentioned, Latin America, India, Asia, Eastern Europe, um, places where there's a lot of really good talent, but not the best quality of life. So they're looking for an international job, whether that's you know, actually moving to Canada or to Germany, the Netherlands, um, hopefully one day to the U.S. If, once the immigration system gets reformed or working remotely and, and getting paid a really good salary uh, and, and kind of living um, in a great life in their home country, too. So we, we, we becoming a software engineer, there's a ton of really great content out there, a lot of really good um, you know, online tutorials and, and classes you can take and uh, things like Code Academy and uh, you know, hundreds of, of other platforms. But we really focus on people who are already good software engineers. They just need kind of a polish on their, on their soft skills. Um, and then also they want to know which companies out there are open to hiring from abroad or hiring remotely. Um, and we do kind of full-time direct hires. So these people are not kind of assistants. They're actually part of your team, you know, embedded in your culture, really people who are going to be with you for three years on average for the long time, long haul. So you can build an awesome product, whether it's an app, website, uh, a really cool AI water fountain, as you mentioned, or whatever your, you know, your, your dream is to build a, a, for your company. When uh, when I know I've ever had any experience hiring people, the qualification process, the resume is one piece. The actual work is a whole other space. Um, how are you qualifying these individuals? I mean, obviously they've gone through some sort of education. They they have uh, you know certifications behind their name, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they've have the experience or the skill set for a particular employer. What's that application process like for them? Yeah, great questions. The first thing we do is we assess their English and communication skills. We've actually had over 38,000 people or 39,000 people do uh, record videos uh, introducing themselves in English on VanHack. So we've taken that data and actually built out an AI that can predict people's English level within 99% accuracy. So people have to record a one minute video on VanHack and we can tell what level of English they are, as well as what kind of skills that they work with. And that's kind of the first step. The second step is we do a coding test. Um, so they do a coding test on our platform uh, through actually third-party API integration with uh, another another uh, coding test platform, uh, and then we can see the results through that. 
Um, and then after that, we do a cultural screen. So we'll have a conversation with them, understanding you know the, the nuances of the role. Do they want to work at a startup or a big company? Do they want to work at a SaaS platform or more of maybe of a marketplace or whatever that might be for them? Um, and then we'll connect the, them to the employer and really give companies a hand-picked uh, right candidates so they can uh, interview candidates uh, you know efficiently. So they don't have to spend time interviewing a lot of candidates. They can interview a few and really get that higher quickly. I, uh, I interviewed a PR person the other day and I asked them a question about ChatGPT because AI is here. It's changing the landscape of how uh, we do creative, even how we do coding. Um, I'm, I'm curious with the AI space advancing as it is, how is that going to affect the developer space? That's a great question. Um, I think it's just going to make developers more effective. So you're going to maybe not have to hire so many people or the ones that you do hire can build even more. Um, and I think that's just a trend that's been going on over time, right? If you think about how effective developers were in the 90s versus today, it's a night, it's a night and day in terms of how much more they can build, how fast, how fast they can build. Um, so I think it's just going to be one more tool in people's toolbox. Um, and then, you know, for the amount of developers you hired, you can build even faster. And also at the same time, it means your competition is going to be going faster too. So, you know, it's going to be a constant challenge of you being more innovative, getting things done faster versus the, the market. Um, so I don't think it's going to be like a huge change in terms of how things are uh, kind of like, okay, we're not going to need software developers anymore. I think there's going to be always people needed to build product and build awesome websites, just like there's always going to be need people to build houses and, and build bridges and things like that. Um, but it's just going to make those people a lot more effective and be able to move faster. The answer she gave me I thought was pretty impressive. She said uh, one of the issues and the barriers they have is language because they are using either Latin VAs or Indian VAs or Filipino VAs, right? They're all different languages out there. Uh, and using ChatGPT kind of allows communication to get uh, clearer if you're using uh, products like that to kind of help clarify emails and, and write stuff. Uh, it gets the communication smoother a little bit, which I thought was was really, really interesting. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the employer process from the employer's point of view. If uh, what kind of person or what kind of business is in a situation where they need to bring on a full-time developer versus maybe, you know, going out and doing this as a particular project. Um, it's mostly SaaS companies, you know, startups, tech companies, people who are building websites, not not really like uh, lifestyle businesses or people kind of doing side projects. It's really people who are, you know, looking to build a uh, big uh, successful companies, right? So um, it, it, it varies from um, kind of enterprise customers that we work with, like a Deloitte or like large, um, you know, tech companies uh, to, um, you know, maybe some seed series A, series B startups. Um, anyone who's really looking to build something innovative and having kind of your own IP that is, is valuable and your own product. Um, so that I would say those are the kind of companies who uh, we work with, like a lot of fintechs, a lot of banks, uh, a lot of, um, uh, you know, marketplace companies, software as a service, uh, ed, ed tech, these kind of um, startup companies. I'd imagine they're going uh, more in the blockchain space. I mean, you're speaking a language that I'm not 100% familiar with, right? But I'm assuming this is what we're talking about, right? New integrations of new technology into everyday operations so that we can keep track. We have more data on hand. We can use that data to make uh, more uh, in-time decisions as we're operating. That's the sort of stuff that the system, the systemization of that stuff is what we're really utilizing as developers, kind of go in the back end and take a process that normally would have human checklists to become automated uh, throughout their business, right? 
Yeah, that's a great example. Um, you know, some companies use blockchain, some don't. It depends really on, on, on the company um, and kind of their industry, what they're what they're focused on. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good example. So uh, one of our customers, a company called Dapper Labs, they built the NFT marketplace and an NBA Top Shop. Uh, sorry, Top Shot. Um, so you know, a company like that, they they definitely need to hire blockchain engineers um, and just hire a lot of developers uh, to to build an awesome product. Um, and yeah, it's I think any company, like you said earlier, is, is a tech company. So if you're looking to build um, some kind of web product or an app or, or something to do on the internet, um, you need to have software engineers who can keep pushing that forward and being more innovative uh, to help you bet, create better products, uh, better features, and, and stay ahead of the competition. There's a long time saying says uh, you get what you pay for, uh, and in this case, I wonder if it if if, if it applies really. Uh, I know that employers are always looking for quality developers to come in and kind of help them do whatever it is that they want to do. And, but they're also always looking at the bottom line. There's that cost comparison of do I hire somebody here in the U.S. to do a job here in the U.S. or do I take this this uh, this remotely because I can get you know two developers for the price of one here. Um, but am I going to get the same quality? What do you when you get that kind of objection? What what's the best way to have that cost comparison? Um, conversation. Yeah, I think that uh, there's great talent everywhere, right? If you think, I always bring the analogy of a sports team. Um, so if you are looking at, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what would be a good analogy for, for the U.S., but uh, um, I don't know, the, the, the Golden State Warriors, I'm pretty sure they have some immigrants on their team, or um, Minnesota. Uh, what's the team that the, the Greek uh, guy plays for? Uh, sorry, um, I always forget his name, the one that they, they won the championship, Milwaukee, right? Um, um, is that right? Yeah. I so have no idea you're thinking you're... basketball, but it works. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, man. So but the point is, if you had a sports team of only people from the same country, you probably wouldn't have the best team out there, right? And if you have a sports team where you have people from all over the world, or let's say baseball, right? If you have, imagine you have a baseball team, you can't have anyone from Cuba or from Japan. You probably wouldn't have as good of a baseball team if you only have people just from America or only from only only players from Los Angeles, for example, right? Like I'm pretty sure the Dodgers wouldn't be as good if they if they're only limited to hiring like baseball players who happen to be in Los Angeles and growing up in Los Angeles. So that that's kind of the analogy, right? This is great talent everywhere. And I think this fallacy of, okay, are, are, you know, if you're an American engineer, you're therefore you're much better than an engineer from um, you know, Cuba and you know, or Jeff Bezos, for example, his family's from Cuba. So uh, I think the uh, immigrants built the U S and, and, and uh, I think the, the, the way that people should see it is that there's great talent everywhere. And yeah, of course, if you're going to hire someone from Latin America, for example, or from Asia, the cost basis for them is much lower. So you can get that two for one, three for one, um, you know, uh, benefit. And frankly, as an American, that's kind of the one thing that you have going for you is the one, one of the main things you have going for you is the U.S. dollar is so strong and people see your economy so fairly, uh, so, so well. So I, I definitely would, um, you know, especially these days looking to cost, um, be, be more cost effective, uh, I, I would look abroad. And now with COVID uh, or post COVID, uh, everyone's remote or everyone's comfortable being remote. So um, you know, I think that there's a lot of uh, kind of benefits and, and comfortable uh, level of comfort out there. So, and I think it's also something that like all companies are doing, right? Like you look at Amazon, they have offices across the world. All big companies have offices around the world. So um, if you're not taking advantage of, of kind of the global uh, nature of software engineers, um, you're gonna be paying a lot more for a lot less quality. What about time zones? Uh, you know, obviously we live in different time zones. We operate in different places. Does that affect uh, the hiring process when you're talking to specific companies that are bringing on developers? 
Uh, yeah, a lot of companies want to have people who are in Latin America because of time zone. Um, we do have some companies who are more, more flexible with that and say, hey, if you're you know able to work PST or EST plus or minus a few hours here or there, uh, we'll have you. Um, one thing we do a lot in other parts of the world, other than the U.S., is relocate developers. The person will start in Asia, for example, or, or um, you know Eastern Europe, and then they'll relocate and start working and working in the country, not necessarily in an office, but just like in that same city. Um, so that really helps solve the time zone problem. But yeah, um, a lot of we have a lot of like I said, we started in Brazil, so a lot of our engineers were from um, Latin America, and and that's really kind of the beginning or the main hub that we have. So yeah, time zone is something that. I think it's important. Some companies put, I think, sometimes a little bit too much emphasis on it because candidates really are open to working flexible time zones, especially if they're getting paid like, um, let's say, 60, 70K USD. That's a huge salary for them. So they're open to being more flexible and working a little bit different hours. Um, but every company has their own preference. And I think it, it's important, but it's not as important as some companies make it out to be. What about, uh, you know, trust but verify, right? I get that you're working on my project. I understand you're working a little bit different hours. How do I know I'm getting the amount of production that I would if I had a developer in-house? Um, well, these are in-house developers, right? It's the same thing as you have someone who's working for you and that person just happens to be, um, you know, down the street or working, uh, you know, across the street. It's it, everyone's remote these these days anyway, right? And the thing with code is that you can really see the quality of the production, right? Like it's very black and white. Do they you know, or, or red and all the different colors in the dashboards, right? Uh, when, when encoding like uh, you know IDEs. So um, I think it's really easy to check check for quality of code. Um, it's, it's something that. Um, you know, there's there's kind of this agile methodology. People have Scrum meeting standups. Um, you can see really you know, the output of the person, uh, how much code they're committing, how the quality of their code. If you're a good engineer, you can tell whether whether someone else is doing a good job or not pretty quickly. Um, and are are the VAs you're working with in multiple areas around the world, or are you guys geographically focused in one area? So, so we don't work with VAs. These are like fully in-house team members. It's not like um, kind of short-term project purpose people. These are like, um, they're not they're not virtual assistants. It's like team members, software engineers who are full-time on your team. Um, but yeah, we have candidates from all over the world. There's 430,000 people on the platform from over 200 countries, um, mostly kind of from emerging markets is an easy way to, to put it. But uh, yeah, uh, we have had people from everywhere. We've helped people from Germany move to Canada, like all over the world. So are they, okay, so it's, so since they're not, um, since they're in-house, does that mean we're, we're paying them a little bit differently? Are we paying them as a W-2 or are we still contracting them like 1099? Uh, well, uh, it depends on, so the way that the payment works is um, through a few partner organizations that we have. Um, there's a couple, one's called Deal, the other one's called Remote. There's a few others out there in the world that will basically become kind of your uh, hiring through that entity. So you actually don't hire them directly. You hire them through another entity, another PEO. Um, and that takes care of all the legal and compliance point of view. Oh, okay. So, okay. So walk me through the process then. Uh, let's say we are a startup company. We're a SaaS company. We're ready to rock and roll. We have our ideation. We have our funding. We're ready to go. We're looking for developers. What's that process like when we work with you? Yeah, great question. So uh, it's pretty straightforward. You just sign up to VanHack and post a job. Um, our AI algorithm will match uh, automatically the best candidates on the platform, invite them to apply. People apply typically to a job at VanHack within 12 minutes. So we can really quickly find candidates uh, for you. Uh, and then uh, after 48 hours, we'll have a combination of our uh, algorithm as well as a human 
uh, check the best candidates and recommend the top three candidates for you. From there, you can connect your calendar to, to VanHack and within one click uh, book interviews with the candidates that you like. Um, you can see full full videos of the candidates introducing themselves, see their coding tests, see all, all the information that you need, uh, and then use our platform to move through the interview process. Our, our team will be there as well to guide you through um, all the different steps, any issues you have, questions you have, um, help you negotiate the offer and, and make, the, make the hire. So uh, it's very white glove service. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier than uh, going on and hunting for these people ourselves. You already get all the back end work rocking and rolling. So tell me about Van Hack, man. Like, so how, how did you start it and where are you today? Where do you want, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Uh, yeah, I started it as an online school to teach developers English back in 2015. Um, it was just kind of a side project that I, uh, you know, tried as one of many side projects that I was working on or, or different startup ideas that I had. Um, but uh, this one kind of didn't let me go um, <laughs> for whatever reason, it's like people get in touch with me and I, I just kind of started getting uh, messages like someone sent me an email saying, hey, I, I found this website, you know, my friend sent it to me and I just started seeing that there's really a big demand and hunger for people to get better jobs and uh, help, um, you know, originally it was focused just on Brazil, but helping, you know, software engineers from Brazil to get hired in Canada. Um, and then, um, from from there, really evolved into kind of a global marketplace to help anyone move anywhere and get hired across borders. Uh, today, uh, we've done about uh, 2,000 hires, um, a, a thousand of those in the last two years. So things have really started to pick up in terms of quality, qual quantity of hires over time. Uh, we work with uh, around um, a thousand employers, uh, mostly from North America and Europe, um, some large companies, all the way to kind of small startups. Um, and yeah, our goal is to be the largest cross-border uh, recruiting company in the world. So when people think of hiring internationally, whether that's for software engineers um, or different types of engineers or, or other types of professionals in the future, uh, we want to be kind of the go-to way to, to help people hire from, from abroad. How does it differ from like a, a Fiverr or an Upwork or a ZipRecruiter? Yeah. How are you guys uh, different? Yeah, so Fiverr and Upwork are really good for short-term projects, like kind of those VAs you were talking about. Fiverr, you know, get someone, pay someone $5 to do a, a project, kind of short-term, quick things. Um, Upwork, same thing. It's usually more like VAs or digital um, assistants. Sometimes they do full-time software engineers, but not so much. Um, we do full-time direct hires. So these are really kind of core members of your team. People are going to stick around for three years on average, really people who are going to be part of the company DNA and culture and, and really drive things forward and be meaningful, um, kind of core employees. Um, in terms of ZipRecruiter, uh, ZipRecruiter is more of a job board platform. So you post the job on ZipRecruiter, post it everywhere else, and you get a lot of candidates. They don't do much qualification, um, and they also do a lot more local hiring. So, you know, when you're hiring on ZipRecruiter, usually you're hiring for people in, in your local area, um, and they don't have that kind of uh, white glove service to help you with the, with the hiring, uh, as well as like with software engineers specifically, they don't usually apply to jobs on job boards. Typically, um, you know, they, they, they just kind of, if they're local, they'll, they'll, they'll update their LinkedIn profile or reply to one of the recruiters in their inbox. Um, but yeah, uh, those are all really, really great companies and definitely benchmarks, all three public companies and very successful. Um, so we kind of be like, want to be like them for uh, when we grow up just in our specific niche. Yeah, it's, it, it gets a little crazy when you start adding a, a job post on some of those. And you're right, there is no qualification process. That's up to the employer at that point. They got the leads for people who are looking for the job, but not necessarily any of the qualifications. And then you guys are providing that. So what are things some clients that are going to come to work with you? What are some of the things that they should know about ahead of time? Maybe you get some some people who come to you and there's this common 
hiccup or this common problem where they're they need to overcome before they get started um i mean i think that anyone can kind of sign up and get started and it's pretty straightforward i think the biggest kind of common thing that people maybe make mistake of when they're hiring is is the speed at which they move um there's so many things to do in a business uh, you know go going and sell selling um training your own staff, dealing with internal problems, et cetera, working the actual product. There's so many things to do that hiring tends to be kind of off to the side and people don't really take it seriously or as, as seriously as they should if they want to get the best results. Um, so I think that that's kind of manifested in, in, in how slow they are to get back to candidates. Um, you know, they, they'll post a job and they won't review candidates for a week or two. Um, you know, they, they'll do an interview and then they won't give feedback, whether that's positive, or negative for, for a long time. So just generally the speed at which companies move um, is often an indicator of how successful they are. Um, and a lot of our kind of companies that, that don't have success, they just take forever to, to get things going. So if, if you're working with Van Hack or not, and just generally in hiring, I would always say um, speed is important. And another thing is that hiring a good HR person um, in-house in early on is really important as well. Um, something that we didn't do and should have done earlier on, but just like having someone who's managing that function, especially if you're kind of um, serious about your company and, you know, maybe you've raised some money or, you know, I, I think having someone who's not the one of the founders um, to really kind of own that function and be an expert in it is really critical. Yeah, it makes a big difference because managing people is not the easiest thing in the world to do. I know I've, I've personally struggled with that. Uh, and when it comes to the technology space, for me, like you have an idea of what you want to do and the scope just kind of gets out of control sometimes. So when when bringing some of these VAs on, you're saying basically that we should have some sort of management team in place to kind of help guide the project where we wanted to go prior to bringing them on. Uh, yeah, I mean, whether it's you, you're the kind of CTO or, or um, if you're a technical CEO, um, you should have someone like when you're hiring a software engineering team, you should definitely should have someone on your team who's technical uh, or at least who knows how to work with engineers and um, be able to evaluate them and help guide them to get things done. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, for sure management is, is, is critical to have. So. When it comes to um, technological product, products, SaaS products, um, is there any specific um, certifications that people should come in looking for, uh, looking to be part of Van Hack to find jobs? Like, is there is there a preferred type? I, like, I don't speak the tech side, right? So like, the only one I remember was way back when it was like C++. Uh, that's the last thing <laughs> as far as coding I remember. But like, what kind cool. of... Like, like, um, so the reason I'm asking this because I, I deal with a lot of 17 year old high school students, right? And so, you know, if they're looking for uh, something in the tech field, where should I guide them? Where should I send them in what direction so that they can get hired as developers for some of these companies? Um, great question. So um, I think JavaScript is a pretty safe one. Uh, if you know, if you're a young uh, person looking to get into tech, uh, learning Node.js or, or React.js or just JavaScript in general, it's probably the most famous or commonly used programming language in the world. Um, there's a bunch of others, but um, JavaScript, I would say, just kind of is a safe bet. Um, but uh, yeah, I can go on and create, a, like, make a list. But I, I think really just JavaScript. Java's a good one, I guess. I'm learning here as much as you're teaching, so I'm taking it. In, I'm taking it in stride. All right, um, and then and then as far as salaries are concerned, I mean, you, we we were talking about the comparables in other countries, and and I titled this, you know, how remote work is changing the tech industry, but I th I feel like it's also changing the world. When we bring on engineers from other places, can you talk to a little bit about what it does for that community, that lifestyle in that area? 
Yeah, I think um, it's 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 kind of a accelerator, right? I think the classic Steve Jobs uh, computer is a bicycle for the mind. Um, you know, technology just kind of makes things, and it's just like you're mentioning the Romans, right? For, from 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 back then all the way to now, you know, human nature is just to keep evolving and pushing things forward. So uh, it's all about doing more with less, being more efficient. As you know, the world gets uh, less resources, or like less not natural resources. One infinite resource we have is knowledge. Uh, or creativity. So uh, I think using technology to use the world to solve some of the world's biggest challenges is um, necessary. And I think that's the way to go forward. All right. So you're coming on podcast, you're getting your message out. There's something you want to say to someone specifically, a specific type of uh, ideal client, ideal customer that you're looking for. So I'm gonna give you the floor here. Uh, what's the message that you want to that you want to get out? And who do you want to get it out to? Well, first I want to say, Hernan, this is this is great. Like your your podcast setup is fantastic. I've done a few of these, and this is definitely the best one so far. So congratulations, and thank you for having me. Um, thank you. And and yeah, I think the biggest uh, person I want to talk to is um, anyone who's looking to build a great product. If you have a project that you're looking to launch, or you're already working on your own company, and you want to really help uh, create, uh, you know, a, a great talent, uh, a great project in the world, and you're just looking for the right tech talent to make that happen, uh, check out vanhack.com. We'd love a chance to impress you with our with our talent pool. Um, and there's uh, no risk or cost to sign up and, and get started. That's it, ladies and gents. Look, the opportunities are out there, whether you're in the tech industry and you're looking to find a job or vice versa, you are the SaaS business looking for the talent. The opportunity is there. There are people like uh, like vanhack.com where you can literally go and find and put these pieces together. We're literally connecting us out here in the world. It's no longer a, uh, just a local location where you can find people that have to go into your office there are people all over the world who have exquisite skills who have the best talent out there and you get to just handpick and shop all the way through thanks to places like vanhack.com so check it out stop by it's free to look right i mean mr brodsky is it is it is it free to look i mean how when employers sign up do they have to pay anything to get started no, it's uh, we we only charge you if we hire someone uh, and they stay past three months. So it's really kind of uh, proofs in the pudding. We'll, we'll you know, we only charge you if you're happy with it, uh, with with our process. And uh, actually, if you go to vanhack.com/talent uh, or even just vanhack.com and uh, do a search right in the first search box you see, uh, you can see all the candidates that we have without having to even log in. So really, just want to show you all the great talent that we have um, and uh, showcase the talent because at the end of the day, you know that's what you come to us for, right? If you if we have the talent you're looking for or not. And uh, we'd like to, you know, uh, show rather than tell, you know, go there and see how many uh, people we have that fit the qualifications that you're looking for. You're literally being of service to other people. Guys, you don't even have to do any research. Go there, look at all the profiles, look at all the talent that's sitting there waiting for you guys to just take advantage of. Vanhack.com, vanhack.com is where you can find it at. Thank you for coming on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.